0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 130 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. Ward Bell. Hello. Alyssa Nichol. What, what? John Papa. Good morning. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv. Quick shout-out about JS Remote Conf. Go check it out, jsremoteconf.com. We have two special guests this week. We have Jeff Welpley. Yo yo. And we have Dave Geddes. Hey. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? We'll have Jeff go first. He's been on before.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm the uh, CTO of a company called GetHuman, Human. Uh, Google Developer Expert, uh, former host of Angular Air. And uh, I'm on because I was invited to help out with the NGConf selection committee this year, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today.
2: Awesome, And Dave. Yeah, so my name's Dave Geddes. I'm one of the organizers and MC of NGConf. Um, I'm a web dev, been coding for a long time. Um, recently, I just quit my job. I was an architect at Domo, and right now I'm focusing on helping devs master UI tech at Geddeski.com. So, yeah, I guess I, uh, I'm not a CTO like Jeff unless I want to be. I guess I get to pick my own title. Yeah, hey, going... you,
1: you can be whatever title you want to be when you have Yeah,
2: your... I was kind of going for, like, Emperor. <laughs>
3: I think I'll, yeah, I'll go, go with Emperor for now. <laughs> Take head, that, Jeff. Head gerbil. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Dave, um, are you uh, going to do anything cool or special in this episode? or afterwards?
2: Always, Joe. Yeah, actually, so we're going to be talking about, a little bit about NGConf but um, I've actually got a free ticket to give away at the end of the show. So you'll want to listen to that.
0: This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. The Kendo UI family of UI components delivers everything you need to quickly and easily build rich, responsive Angular 1 and 2 applications. Kendo UI for Angular 2 is built from the ground up on TypeScript as 100% native components with zero jQuery dependencies. Kendo UI for jQuery works seamlessly with Angular 1.x so you can build apps with declarative data binding, routing, form validation, and more. Kendo UI can help you speed up the development time for your next application by up to fifty percent. Go check them out at devchat.tv/kendo-ui. Yeah, undefined point toward the end of the show. <laughs> He'll be giving it out. Yep. Um, so it. I, I know that there are other organizers. Who who all was involved in selecting talks? Was it just the three of you, or were there more <coughs> people involved?
2: So there's actually four four organizers. There's me, Joe. I'm five really. Kip. Yeah, five. Um, me, Joe, Sonny, Kip, and Aaron, Kip Lawrence and Aaron Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the five of us, and then we invited. This year we did something kind of different. We invited two community members, um, Jeff, who's on this show, and Bonnie Brennan. So they flew out, spent a couple of days with us, and helped us get it all figured out. Couple
3: brutal days. Brutal. Oh.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh. <clears throat> So why why brutal? I mean, help help us understand that one. Cut that one.
3: <laughs> Jeff, were you surprised by how brutal it got towards the end? Well, I
1: knew it was going to be a lot of work because you guys get so many submissions, and you know it sounds glorious, but you know looking through all the details can really get to be um, a little bit grueling. But uh, I sort of enjoyed it. I mean, I, this is the type of thing I I, I like to do, and and discuss all the different angles and um possibilities uh so yeah yes it it was hard work but yes i think it was
3: enjoyable so you enjoy destroying people's dreams and hopes
1: that (laughs) that that was by far the worst part of it because there were so many good talks and a lot of them are people that we know from the community and you can't have everyone speak so yeah no by far that
2: was the worst yeah bonnie bonnie the you know, the first few hours, she's like, guys, this is so fun. I love this. Seven hours later, she's like, this is not fun.
5: <laughs>
2: Just because it got harder and harder. I mean, so we went through four passes. Um, the first round we had around 270 submissions. Um, and we there's a few types of talks that we instantly cut. The The kind that we warned people that we would cut. And we can get into those later. But round one was 270 Round two, we got it all the way down to 60, which was pretty tough. Round three, we went from 60 to 38. And then round four, we got it down to 14 20-minute talks, 12 5-minute talks, and 13 fair-day workshops. So that that's when it got really, really hard because you're cutting just epic, epic talks that you know people, people spent a lot of time and thought just on the submission. So you know it's going to be a good talk, but... Yeah, cutting that it just hurts.
4: And don't forget and the uh, 10, on...
3: 12, 20
2: uh, Faraday talks as well. Yeah, that's something we're something new we're doing this year to kind of alleviate some of that pain. Um, and,
5: and I knew that like at least last year you guys said you did it like anonymously during each step of that. Was it without like without names?
2: No, we had we had names, um, but we we focused on the on the title. So, actually, first thing we do is, as we're going through it, we put a category. So, if your talk is on security, we'll we'll categorize it as security, and we just look at the top talk, talk title, the category, and the description, and that's how we make our first our first couple of rounds.
5: Okay. So, yeah, it does sound like at least the first couple they're like kind of nameless submissions.
3: Mm-hmm. Definitely, in the first pass or two, the name. Is just one of like 60 columns, and the three that we're really focused on is just the title, the category, which we fill in at the time, and the description. Everything else sort of like blends into the background. Occasionally, once we're looking at something and we kind of get into this, we're not. It's not an obvious no. It's not an obvious yes. Then we might start looking at other pieces of data. But we only got 30 seconds. We try to keep it to 30 seconds per submission in that first pass because that's by itself is two and a half hours. We ended up probably spending three and a half hours on our first pass, so it was a bit more than that. But you have to go pretty quick, and there's not and much you, time.
5: You are all like there in person, or were you doing it virtually yep. online? All,
3: all there in person. Okay. Yep. Jeff not and a to flew to out for it. If I could uh, give like
1: one really strong suggestion to people that submit for next year, I mean, you guys did a great Google Hangout session before the submission deadline, talking about. The, the need for having a great title and some of the other requirements, some of the things that you typically cut. And it was amazing to me how many people, like, obviously didn't list, watch that and submitted stuff that just was an immediate cut. Um, so that was something that I think if you are really interested in doing this or actually really any type of um, conference, it would definitely be good to watch that Google Hangout again. Or you, know, uh, you could talk to one of us, talk to me later and I could, give more details if you aren't sure of what we're talking about, but there are a couple like kind of simple things that you can do just to make sure at least you survive
3: that first round. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to that uh, Google Hangout that we did.
2: Yeah, just a couple of highlights from that. The main things we cut instantly were um, integration, you know, Angular plus X is what we call those talks, like Angular plus Browserify or Angular plus .NET. Like those are, those are great talks for the 10 people in the audience that, are into that, but for everybody else, they're just bored. And NGConf is a single-track conference, so we want topics that are going to apply to the majority of the com- of the organ or the attendees. So the integration talks are gone. The other ones that we have found people just don't generally like very much are the talks that are like we did a thing in our company. Here's what we learned. So we generally cut those in the first round as well, just because. Most people don't find them very interesting.
3: Now there was one of those <clears throat> that stood out to us. Um, so in general, like Dave was saying, right, if you're gonna do a talk of we learn some stuff, what we're not really interested in is we learn this stuff that applies to our company, right? So yeah. instead, what was really interesting, we saw one talk that did a really good job of this was we did a th- we did this project, in this case I think it was a migration, right? We did this migration. And we learned a whole bunch of things to look out for if you're going to do a migration, right? And that was very interesting because really the talk was, here's the things to look out for. They're backing it up with the fact that they did it on a massive project, right? So there was some nice context there. But what it wasn't was, hey, we did this and here's the five issues we ran into. You're, not, you're unlikely to run into the same five issues because our code base is completely unique from everybody else's in the world. But we'd think that we, you should sit here and listen to us talk about those five things, right? We're not interested in that. But we are interested in the here's the here's the gotchas that we feel like are very universal, right? It's basically a, a best practices type of talk, and that's that is something we do care about. But we don't care about is uh, that whole hey, here's the lessons learned because we ran into these six specific issues because we happen to be using you know this particular plugin with jQuery, so we ran into this one issue that very few people are gonna run into, right? Right.
1: One first round cut that was actually super awesome was. Uh, Shai Resnick uh, sent us in one. There was a total just jo- joke submission. Just oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah,
3: that was so awesome.
1: Basically, just saying hi, guys. Uh, I know you're reading the submissions now. Hope you're having fun. Talk to you later. Uh, so that that was a good one.
3: Yeah,
2: it was like stand up, take a break, think of me, smile. <laughs> you know, is was- great. <laughs> so because of that sweet note, we cut the rest of his submissions. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> just kidding, Shy. Love you.
6: So I had a title that I wonder if it would have made the first round. Uh, Angular for lovers.
2: Definitely, Aaron. You know, Aaron would have picked that without <laughs> see, even looking at him see, see. That's it's all in the title.
0: So, yep. so when you're making these cuts, is it? Do you have a discussion about it, and then everyone just kind of says, "Yeah, that passes." Or does everybody get like a vote or does anyone get like a save on any of these, you know,
3: where it's like, it's like, no, must make it to the next one. Or how do you do that? Since we're trying to do everything in 30 seconds, generally our process is if anybody has a strong opinion of the people that are in the attendance in the room, we go with that. So we'll listen and say, does somebody have a strong opinion that this is a no or this is a yes? And hopefully one person says, I really like this. And, if, and occasionally then we'll get into discussions which might take a couple of minutes of one person says this is definitely a no and one person says this is definitely a yes and then we might oh. talk about it for a minute. But generally that first pass we're looking for one person to kind of jump out and say, no, this shouldn't make the cut or yes, this should make the cut. And a lot of times in that case, uh, if we get into that, uh, it's kind of a gray area, we just pass it through to the next round, right? That makes sense.
4: I think people need to understand, too, like you guys are saying that you looked at the titles a lot, too. But if we talk about why do we look at those, you know, I chair some conferences, too. And what you don't realize when you're submitting these topics sometimes is you're working so hard on your talk and you're working on your title, but you're seeing your title all by itself. Now, imagine that same title amongst 100 or 300 similar titles. Does it stand out? And that's actually a good exercise to go through as you're looking at these because if if it's just cute or if it's just, you know, beginning Angular, does that stand out enough to make Joe or Dave or one of these guys really take notice of it? Uh, so I often tell people, look, write down like 10 different titles for your same talk and then put them all together and see which one stands out. Totally.
3: Yeah, for sure. Titles really matter. We stress that in our um, office hours call we stress the fact that your title can really matter. It's like half of the reason uh, is is you spend as much time on your title as you spend on your abstract.
0: Well, and I can tell you too, because I'm going through this exact process right now for JS Remote Conf, because the call for proposals ended last night. And um, yeah, it's the same for me. If, If I can't look at your title and generally know what kind of talk it is, and then if you provide me no extra help in the abstract, forget it. It's just, it's so hard because it's like, look, I want people to want to show up to this talk. And mm-hmm. there is nothing compelling here that tells me that they're going to want to listen to it.
4: Yeah, and a cute title by itself is cute, but the, the talk itself and the abstract have to tie back to it. Yep. There's some kind of value too, right? So, for example, Ward just said, you know, Angular for lovers. That'd be a great eye catcher. But is the, the abstract and the talk going to also play into that? And if it does, great. That's a great one to pick. Yep. But if it doesn't, a great title on its own to me doesn't stand enough.
2: Right. I agree. Another another thing we do is at the beginning of the whole process, we write down a list of topics that we feel just have to be included, like the router, uh, performance, um, upgrade. So, And then we generally try to pick just one, sometimes two is rare, but usually just one topic or one talk per topic. So this year we actually got, quite a few on upgrading because you know that's popular but that made it a lot more competitive so we we're only able to pick one or two out of the you know seven or eight on that topic so if you can pick a topic that's not not the number one thing on everybody's mind but still important for the community then you've got a better chance
3: yeah so like a good example of a title is one that talks about what the content is but also has some personality to it one of the ones that stood out to me, specifically, which actually doesn't necessarily do this perfectly, right? This particular title doesn't actually talk, doesn't actually convey as much about what the talk is about. It kind of implies it in a subtle way, but it also stands out with lots of personality. So we love these kinds of titles. And of course, a good title by itself isn't enough. You have to have a good abstract and a good, um, like John said or, or Dave said, you wanna be in an area that isn't highly competed because then you know We've got to choose from amongst 10 different talks, so that makes it harder, but uh, you also have to have a topic everybody wants to hear about, or at least we feel like a majority of people want to hear about. So this one that I'm specifically thinking of, which I thought was a great one, and the, one of the ones I remember the most is, the title. here's the title, I am one with Angular, Angular is one with me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
6: that's just terrible. Does anyone yeah, have a
0: strong reaction no. to that one?
6: No. No. Yeah, <laughs> who was
3: that by Joe? That was, was, was just, uh, uh, by John Hoppin. He doesn't know this, so I'm going to just tell him right off the bat you've talked, did gets uh, accepted for NGConf 2017. So, congratulations! Yay!
4: Woo! Yeah. Go,
5: John. Oh, Go,
3: John! No, <laughs> just kidding, it
2: wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was. Congrats, John. Congrats. <laughs> Yeah, but that one—I don't know—that one's kind of cheating because everybody knows Joe is like the world's biggest Star Wars fan. I know, that's <laughs> like flipping him a, Marie, you know, you know, putting uh, some weed in with your submission. You
6: know,
3: like
4: oh, <laughs> oh, I, I tape did tape that too. Word, I did that Joe. too.
3: Yeah. yeah, slip a little hundred-dollar bill in there. Let's. Yeah, no, i let's had a professional. Really so there I were some it, other ones. Sorry, sorry, Ward. What'd you say? I said, there was a professor of mine who got one of those.
6: And he wrote back in his comments, he said, you know, said, thank you very much. Um, I don't remember a thing about this paper. And <laughs> oh, that's why we
3: rejected There were other talk submissions that had Star Wars titles that we rejected, right? And they were clever, too, right? So I want I to know re- if it was the dark side or the
2: light side that was pulling you to accept that talk, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> John are you more you know, of a Sith Lord or a Jedi?
4: Oh, much more of a Han Solo.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh.
4: I think this more, one yeah. is
3: actually worth worth mentioning. So this talk is kind of centered on the CLI, right? John's talk. Kind of centered on the CLI. And I think what was interesting is we did not have very many submissions on the CLI, which I was shocked. Right? I thought we would have 10 that talked at all something about the CLI. Some aspect of the CLI, right? Using it intro whatever maybe something specific i don't know and yet we had very 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 few so and so in one case john was very lucky he had very little competition when it came to um talking about the cli
2: that's true and then star wars like it was gg
3: yep yep.
4: (laughs) well you know the tough thing about talking about star wars and like i said i wanted to do a star wars theme for that one but I kept on trying to figure out. I knew what I wanted to talk about, but I had to make the title relate to what I was doing too. So it wasn't just a cute thing. Otherwise, I would just say something like, you know, I could have titled it Word Hate Star Wars, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: another, another talk that stood out to us, um, I'll go ahead and announce it if you're cool with that, Joe. There actually weren't very many CSS submissions. Mm-hmm. And CSS is something that applies. To every single Angular developer, so this one is called "Giving Bootstrap the Boot" by our very own Alyssa. <laughs>
3: hey! um, congrats, you're in. I'm so <laughs> Congratulations. And, and I like uh, the
6: idea. I like the idea too. Yep.
2: And that's a short talk. That's a five-minute talk on on giving Bootstrap the boot. So we're actually we actually want to do something we don't do very often. Um, we wanted to invite you, Alyssa. She submitted another amazing talk called the day I met Steve <laughs> and we want, we want to invite you to do that one as well on fair day.
5: Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. This is it's the you're best down. day ever.
2: If you're down with two talks.
5: Oh, 100% down.
2: <laughs> Sweet. So when we were doing this one, all of the, the rest of the people were like, Oh, let's let's accept this, but let's change it to the day I met Dave and I was so hurt. <laughs> oh,
5: okay, that's cool. I did put in the notes that I was like, I'm not against people who are named Steve. So maybe if you, you know, have a different name you want me to use here because yeah. Steve Steve is basically like a curmudgeon old jaded developer. And so I was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't call him Steve, but I can't believe they said Dave. Yes, That's so they horrible.
2: Dave. <laughs> <laughs> It's still it's still stinging right there.
6: <laughs> See, I thought that was an allusion to one of my favorite and most important movies ever. Um, so I'm going to send you.
5: Uh, Ooh, do it. Send me link. What is it?
6: Um, it's called the uh, let me escape here. It's called the Tao of Steve. Um, you, thousands, are thousands.
5: So, you are so esoteric in your movie choices. But it's like <laughs> pencil sharpening and the Dow of Steve. Like what? Oh, the
6: Dow of Steve is hilarious. If you haven't seen the Dow of <laughs> Steve, it's definitely um, it, just uh, the headline. An underachieving overweight kindergartner teacher finds a... Uh, <laughs> finds, he's trying to find a relationship and he learns from this this kind of character whose name is Steve.
5: Okay, okay. So not old and (laughs) curmudgeon-y.
6: It's (laughs) it's somebody who just has zero apparent sexual appeal who is always scoring. And the question, (laughs) how does he do it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Another interesting thing about Alyssa's, and this happens almost never, is she, she had these two talks that passed through first rounds and we didn't even know Right until we were getting down into our either second or third round, that hey, Alyssa submitted two talks that have gone through, and now you know we norm- we we've never in the past had somebody give two presentations. Um, we have had somebody give a talk and then also do a workshop on Faraday before. So that's happened, but this is this is a first for us to have somebody give too. And so we spent a lot of time going back and forth about how can we do it. And we kept coming back to these talks are awesome and we don't want to give them up, right? Like this is a great CSS talk and we don't want to be without some CSS content. Um, the soft skills talk really stood up. There, there was a few and it, that one beat out actually some really tight com- competition for some other soft skills talks. There was one that was really close that we ended up uh, just kind of rejecting last minute. But um, some really good ideas about soft kind of soft skills talks, right? And uh, they were just – it gets very difficult when you're down there saying, what can we put through? And normally the easy rule is, well, we, we got to look through and see which ones passed on and they came – from the same person we can eliminate one of them but sometimes you get to that point like we did with Alyssa's and we were like we can't figure out which one we want to eliminate
5: so do you have all your soft talks on fair day or what's what's the setup this year with fair day no
2: so we're they're they're mixed but this is cool that we're able to do this because we normally on fair day it's just workshops um but this year we're actually adding a couple of two is it three three rooms going with some 20-minute talks during so, Thursday. so
3: there's a lot more options. There's, of- there's three total rooms, but sometimes they'll be doing workshops, sometimes they'll be doing talks. Yeah. And all three rooms this year are going to be streamed live along with, you know, this, this is like the middle day, this is on Thursday. Wednesday and Friday are um, just one stream, and it's just one stage, single track, and then Thursday, the middle day, is basically like a triple track conference, and we'll stream all three rooms. There'll be other stuff going on as well for the attendees but nothing just the live stream itself is just those three rooms how big are the rooms joe uh it's it's our main ballroom that's just cut up into three so i think it's around 450 to 500 people uh each room
5: so what are your numbers compared to last year did you get like more tickets exact same number
3: well, tickets are always the same. It's whatever we put out on sale. So we put 1,400 tickets on sale. We sell 1,400 tickets. We actually don't sell exactly 1,400 because you can't sell them all. You got sponsors that need to send their staff. And so we reserve a few tickets there. The Angular team, they get to have some tickets that they get to utilize for their purposes, not only just their team, but other people at Google. Um, then we've got, we reserve some tickets for scholarships. We reserve some tickets for, um, uh, other purposes, right? So there's a bank of, we sell actually about 1,200 of them or something like that, and then the last couple hundred are sort of in a reserved bank, but we, we could probably sell 4,000 tickets if we just opened it up to the white public.
2: We could, but there's there's something about NGConf that I think we got lucky on year one where it just kind of felt like this, I don't know, it kind of feels like a family, you know? Everyone's there, everyone's learning the same stuff at the same time, and we didn't want to lose that a couple years ago when we scaled or last year when we scaled up from 700 people to 1400 that was what we anticipated being our biggest challenge is how to keep that magic while also letting more people in and i feel like we pulled it off and so we're, we're kind of happy with that we don't want to go any bigger even though we could we don't want to lose the that close connection you know yeah. Yep.
0: yeah yep hey there this is charles maxwood and i just wanted to talk to you really briefly about freelance remote conf. I'm putting on a conference for people who want to go freelance or who are freelance and bringing in some of the experts from The Freelancer Show to talk to you about how to find clients, how to collect money, how to build your business, how to specialize, and much, much more. So if you're thinking about going freelance or you're already freelance and want to hear from the experts on how to go, become, or grow your freelancing business, then by all means, come check us out at FreelanceRemoteConf.com.
6: So how do you um, – so you got through the first ones where they just have to qualify and and be intelligible. So they've, they've cleared that hurdle. What's next? So now it, now it gets hard, right?
2: Yeah, that's when we start looking at the category and picking one, maybe two, from each category. So, you know, if we've got three talks – or actually like seven or eight on my, migration, then we just got to pick one. And then we kind of battle it out, you know. We read all the descriptions several times. Um, we look at the person and see if they're uh, a new face because we actually we really like having new faces on stage. Um, yeah, and then we just kind of we go around and vote for this me. Pass the, uh, to the next round or not?
1: For me, some of these <clears throat> later rounds were really tough just because uh, I know so many of the people that were submitting. Like probably. I would say like 75% of the people in the later rounds, I knew at some level, either even if it was just like on Twitter or whatever else. And we just knew that like all these people were really, really good speakers, uh, really well known that, you know, high confidence that whatever they were going to do, no matter what they were talking about, they were going to do a good job. So it was, uh, it came down to like Dave was saying, like, okay, we we can't have two people speaking about the same thing. So you got to pick one. And, some of those, I mean, it took a while, like I, I remember talking for you know fifteen, twenty minutes just on like one decision at, at some points near the end there, so it got really tough.
2: yeah, there's also a bribe column, so that helps too
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. how many donuts they JK. Over.
3: <laughs> what would you guys say was our the the easiest way to get past those final rounds?
2: mm. Depriving us of food, so we just don't care as much.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: how do people no, get I, past those? How do they stand out enough? I, I think part of it,
1: at least for me, is um, you know, in the beginning rounds, you know, you have the title and the other stuff that kind of uh, weeds certain talks out. In the final rounds, it comes down to really just knowing your stuff and knowing an interesting something interesting that is going to be extremely useful to the community. And sometimes you can stumble on that for sure. Like sometimes you just think something's interesting. And it just hap- happens to be that, you know, that it is interesting to everybody else. But there's some people who do figure that out, you know, who are kind of well-connected, who are, you know, on Gitter all the time or, or talking to other community members. And you sort of see the trends and you see what other people are interested in in what would be useful. And I think you saw with a couple of people' selections, there's a couple like kind of veterans that people that have given talks um, at other angular conferences. and you can definitely tell with them that they sort of get that. They sort of get you know finding that thing that um, you know goes beyond it, and it may not even be their special specialty, but they know that the community needs this, and they sort of are feeding that. so, um, that's hard to do, but if you can figure that out, um, that is uh, definitely a winning strategy.
2: Totally. Another thing that actually helps is, and this one's tough because it's so subjective. A lot of this is really subjective, but we had one talk on web VR, one submission on that. And that is like my thing right now. You know, I got a vibe. We're bringing a bunch of vibes to ngconf um, and letting the the attendees try that out but so that was something that the rest of the organizers weren't super interested in but i was very passionate about it so i was able to not veto but kind of like say this is my one that i want i really want in right and jeff did the same for a another topic
1: for yeah an alexa one yeah i was really into
3: yeah so there's another- some, there's some of that Another thing that was important to me in our speaker selection process is that we didn't have a very, very strict sort of like system that basically was a system that can be gamed, right? So it wasn't like, hey, everybody gets four votes, and so then you might need to worry about vote splitting and things like that, right? <clears throat> I always wanted this to be the type of thing that it doesn't matter whether you submit five talks or whether you submit one uh, that the chances of getting through are really based upon the merits of the talk and not about uh, some system that can be gamed.
2: I did did think it helped. The people who submitted multiple talks, I feel like that that actually helped them.
3: Well, certainly it helps because now you've got more options, right? So we we
2: We saw their name more we feel like they put a lot more effort into it. Well, that's not necessarily, that, well,
3: that necessarily true, right? Because we saw some people that submitted two or three and they didn't put effort in. It was in, yeah, in that true. case, right? So I think putting a lot of effort into one is probably okay. Right. Um, it really is. It comes down to if you submit five, are you submitting four, five of them that are all on the same exact topic? And then it was really hard to choose between the five or is a different topics but were they all tightly competitive topics in which case it was still you still got tough competition
0: I, I want right. to chime in here with the question because y- you mentioned that a lot of this is based on the merits of the talk but I've been privy to conversations um, around multiple conferences and to some degree yeah it, you look at the talk and it's like yeah this is something that they definitely should talk about but then in a lot of cases there's also a little bit of yeah, but I also know this person and know that they can pull this talk off. And so I'm wondering, you know, how much does it really matter if you're kind of a known quantity that's going to come in and, you know, I know John Papa is going to deliver on a CLI talk versus um, somebody that you've never heard of that has an interesting take or an interesting proposal on speaking about some topic.
5: I feel like that would be hard to weigh because I know you you said you want to have new faces on stage. So, you know, it'd be hard to be like, no, we're going to turn down this well-known speaker that we know is going to show up for like a risk essentially.
6: See, I think if it, it, it depends on the combination of those two for, um, if you're like, uh, if you're an unknown and you present a bullet and your abstract consists of bullet points, that's not going to help you. Uh, because I know John can deliver bullet points better than you can, uh, 99 out of hundred, whoever you are that I don't know. Um, which is not to say that John is doing a bullet point talk, but I'm just saying if you're going to, if you really don't have any cachet, I would think the thing to do would be to come in there in your abstract and present an idea, a way of looking at something that, ha- that is inventive, uh, and effective. And that would get your, att- that would help get you over the hill of being an unknown. It shows you've got some chops in terms of presenting a um, a gripping talk because you guys are looking for a gripping talk. You want something that the that the audience says, wow, I, I not only learned about change detection, but I've got a entirely new vision of what that even means.
0: Well, and to some degree, they're going to go back to the teams that they work with and say, hey, guys, uh, you got to watch this one because that speaker, she nailed it.
6: Right. Right. But if it just says change detection, first we'll look at on push and then we'll look at what you can do. You know, I mean, it's like ho hum. You know, I hope somebody can come along and and give me um, some excitement here about, well, you know, why I should even care about change detection.
2: So I'm looking at the, the list right now, and nine of the 14
3: on the main stage have never spoken at an ngconf before.
6: Sweet. That's
0: interesting.
3: Yeah, that, that actually surprised me a little bit. I mean, <clears throat> I think it definitely matters how a known quantity, like you said, gives you some level of comfort. But one thing I could say for sure is that John Papa has earned his slot every year that he's actually spoken at ng He's submitted sure talk submissions that have been standouts, right? If we, deli- if we hide the name column and we look at those talk submissions, they would jump to the top of our list. And I remember, like, there's names now that I have in my head because of looking through these that they had. They might have submitted two or three, or maybe just one, but really, really, really strong talk submissions. So, the content of the talk, this the relative competition with other talks in the same category, how much we want that category to be in there. Those things definitely matter a lot more than being a known quantity. But if if you could if it, you could really have two completely identical talks and one was a known person and one wasn't, it would probably sway towards the known person because you know that they can b- deliver on a talk, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it matters so little, right? That what we're seeing is that more than 50% of the people are haven't spoken before and we probably haven't seen them talk before.
4: That's actually a really high number for, from my experience at least because I, I chair yeah. a conference with Dan Wallen, and we have to talk pick talks and we have 30 slots we have to pick for this particular conference. Uh, about that, give or take, every time. And the hard part is, you want to. You're right. You want to balance it with great talks, but have some known speakers and some unknowns. And part of the reason for known speakers, too, quite frankly, for some of these conferences is we're told that marketing is important, and somebody mm-hmm. wants to see a Igor Minar talk, right? Or they want they'll pay to see that, or they'll pay to see a Scott Hanselman in the .NET world. Mm-hmm. So there's certain ones like that that people will pay to see, no matter what they're talking about. They're far and few between. But you also, it gets really hard to put in those new speakers. And I know Dan and I struggle every time we do it to try to find five or six at least that we can give somebody a new shot at. One thing that usually puts them over the edge for me is when a new unknown speaker puts in a talk that blows me away and provides a video link that shows me they've given a talk before somewhere, no matter where it is, even a user group, just to see that, okay, it makes me feel so much more comfortable to see that, okay, not only can this person write and communicate with her abstract, but I know that he or she can speak really well to it.
2: That's a good point.
4: One other
1: thing that I wanted to bring up that is super important in the later rounds is that a number of people submitted talks where they were suggesting something new that kind of we never heard of before. And it sounded kind of interesting, which is why they maybe made it past the first round. But once we started getting into it, it's like, Yes, this could be interesting, but it could be a complete bomb. It's like some thing that they built, and uh, it's hard when it is an unknown quantity, and it is something that we've never heard of before um, of trying to like take a risk on putting this thing out there. And I think that the the thing where that is much more successful, and we were talking about while we were while we were kind of picking talks, was those type of people should shouldn't wait for ngconf. To announce this to the world, they should. If they have something they built that's awesome, they should be pushing it out there to the community and getting support behind it um, early on. And you know, if you see that people start to have traction for some new thing that people built, and it is going to be an exciting thing, then it's almost like a for sure. You know, yes, that people want to hear about it when it comes to conferences. So don't wait for a conference to like announce something that you built, like get it out there, get people using it, get, you know, the sort of uh, support around it first and then submit your talk on that thing.
5: Did you have a lot of new ones like that? Like new ideas or t- like inventions almost like, or was it like maybe a
3: handful? I'd say a handful, really. There's a few standouts that I can remember of, well, that's a really interesting thing I'd never heard of or thought of that before. Sometimes it's products, right? One of the talks that we quickly rejected was, I built this tool, I want to talk about it as essentially an ad, I want to promote this thing that I built, right? And those get quickly rejected unless it's a tool that we're already well aware of, or you know, even, especially with round one, when we got 30 seconds per talk, we can't go and check out your tool and really understand, is it a great tool or not? We just can't take that kind of a risk. and spend that kind of time per talk. So it needs to either jump out uh, a little bit more or it needs to make it through to a later round before and then we can actually say all right, let's look at this thing. Does it really is it really interesting or not?
2: Yeah, if, if you are going to have one of those talks, it's really got to stand out. But sometimes that pays off. I mean, the the Ionic framework, that was one of those year one
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: and we said, "Okay, let's take a chance on it and now look at it." I mean, that's that's huge,
3: right? Right for me, the one that it fell in that realm that really jumped out at me was uh, a talk called "Super TypeScript 2 Turbo FP Remix." This is one that we <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah the name is awesome, right? That's <laughs> awesome. This is one we talked about over and over and over again. And the 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 basic gist was uh, using TypeScript uh, with functional programming, basically, kind of together. And he's going to be talking about. Uh, uh, using the strengths of TypeScript and functional programming. So functional programming is a hot topic. TypeScript is a hot topic in the Angular world. He's putting those two things together in a way that I've never seen mentioned before, right, or talked about before. So that was one of the ones that was like, wow, what a novel idea, right? Yeah, we, I think we, well, maybe I shouldn't say. (laughs) But uh, we,
2: I think we picked that one over someone from Microsoft talking about, no, actually, we didn't. We didn't. Do, were We able to do both.
3: Yeah, we're doing both.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, we would have probably just because it was such a great submission.
3: Right. right.
6: So mashups are good, and strong visuals. Did you? Act, did anybody actually sa- uh, submit pictures or video with their uh, talk? Yep. Yep. Had a few of those.
3: Did that help? Yeah, definitely. Lucas Rubulki submitted a talk about some, doing some MIDI stuff with Electron, uh, with Angular submitted a song, somebody else submitted this uh, dan- uh, a talk about this dance board. There's uh, oh, a <laughs> pressure, a touch-sensitive dance floor, and they submitted a video so we could see it. That really mattered, because all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're talking about something really weird and out there, a dance floor that's touch-sensitive, controlled by Angular,
2: oh. but they are bringing a it video we this. could
3: look at. And I they're bringing I'll, it to Fair
2: Day, right? Oh, actually, that we is have We haven't got confirmation of that yet, so hopefully they are. I think they offered that in their in the description
3: they did i assume that's going to be we just haven't got a hundred percent confirmation on it
6: see like like there was that like the time that dave that you and frosty did that electric your know, shot oh, that yeah. was like that's an yeah. instant yes instant yes you know all you have to say at the top is we're going to use angular to electrocute each other on stage
2: bang exactly accept it accept it you yeah. know that's actually how ng started because we brought we brought Igor up on stage and I blamed him for some bug. I can't even remember the version, but then I shocked him and we were
3: instant friends. Right. <laughs> I think I think one of the good lessons <clears throat> that people should hear from us talking about this whole thing is that uh yes, there's sometimes when you run across some somebody that submitted a bunch of awesome talks, right? Like Alyssa. Uh, she submitted several that were just like, wow, these are just amazing. But we had other people where they submitted a couple of talks, and some of them, and two of them were like, say they submitted three, two of them were meh. We would pass over them definitely first round, but the third one was really great and either made it to a final round or actually made it through. But in many cases, it's it's like uh, Babe Ruth said, right? You got to sw- you got to make a lot of swings to hit a home run. And I think that's really important is to never look at this and say, well, I'm not John Papa, so I might as well not even bother, right? We had a lot of submissions, nine people that had never spoken before, that we were just delighted with their talks, just blown away by how amazing these talks were. We don't know these people. We've never seen them before, never seen them talk before, yet here they are.
4: Is there, is there a number that's too many, Joe? I mean, like, how many picks do you, not picks, <laughs> how many talks do you recommend people submit? No more
3: than, definitely no more than five. I'd say three or four is probably the right maximum number. Um, and again, if if you are submitting five very mediocre talks, don't bother. Take your best talk and submit it because it'll, it could definitely count against you if you have a, a very... What obviously is a substandard talk. When I say that we got somebody submits three and two are kind of meh, and then one is amazing, you could tell on the other two that they cared about their talk and they put it together well. Just for us, it just didn't didn't jive right. But if you have somebody that's just throwing out topics, that can definitely count in your against you.
6: Uh, the Angular talk generator.
3: Yes. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, we're we're kind of at the end of our time. Is there anything that's critical to know that we haven't kind of dug into yet?
3: Um, not necessarily. Um, Jeff, Dave, do you guys think of? Can you think of anything that was interesting or important? Um,
2: I think we covered the talk selection. There's one cool thing we're doing this year that I'm personally really excited about, and it's a huge effort towards the refugees. So we're we're setting up a a shop where people can buy extra swag and hundred percent of that goes to helping refugees. Um, more details oh, that about is, that later. That but is
5: a really great idea. I'm it's so be, excited.
2: Yeah, we're getting these people. So there's a organization here in Utah that actually takes these people and teaches them to code. So we are, we're doing a lot there. We're going to be buying computers and software and things you wouldn't even think of like gas cards so they can get to the workshops and food Cards so they can survive. You know, there's we're gonna be
3: doing a lot there, and I'm really excited about that. A lot of details to come later. Is we're st- we're still putting a lot of this together. So
0: yeah. Any other exciting or new things you're doing this NGConf that you want to tell us about?
3: I think we mentioned the one thing, which was we're gonna put some talks on Faraday that we didn't do last year, mm-hmm. and then of course we're gonna stream the actual content on Faraday. Last year we sort of streamed like we did highlights. We did show little pieces of this and that and this and that. This year we're going to actually be streaming the actual content. Three different streams people could choose from. So, that'll be uh, that's a little bit different for us.
1: Well, and I think that the VR thing is new, right? <laughs> I think uh, I'm yeah. super excited for that. We we tried it out uh, after we finished picking talks. We went to the business that is providing the VR headsets for the conference, and they let us try it out. And so, uh, Frosty, Dave, Joe, and I were basically battling zombies for a couple hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah we, it was a lot of fun. We jumped in, the, or we grabbed Joe while he was fighting some virtual zombies, <laughs> and it freaked yeah, him out.
1: Seriously, Joe got so into it, he would not leave. Like, we were all, we were all done true. sitting around, and Joe was just, like, playing for
3: another hour. And we were like, come on, come on. Yeah, it, was, it was so cool, right? Like, normally when you're playing a game, you could only, this is, like, I was playing a shooter, you could only shoot in the direction that you're pointing, right? But in this game, since you, your guns are in your hands, I can move my hands, so I had one gun pointing in front of me, one pointing behind, and I just turned my head really quick to look behind me, and i be shooting both directions at the same, it was really fun. But yeah, you're, it's, you're so immersed, your headphones are on, somebody went up and grabbed me, and I jumped, and I literally thought I was, <laughs> it was still for the game, and then had to remind myself, oh no, I don't actually get physically touched, the game doesn't actually physically touch me, right? That was somebody grabbing me
2: it was there's, a an angular, game.
3: there's an now, angular rec- angle there's an angular yeah. angle to this now, i recorded
2: it joe and i might be showing it on stage <laughs>
3: it's it's just some games that have been produced for the vive that Uh. these guys these guys have a shop that they put this together so they're coming to do this thing so that's cool another cool thing i think that's new this year is we're doing two days of workshops beforehand instead of just one day so uh, both monday and tuesday you can come and take the uh, introduction to angular uh, workshop that john papa and dan Wallin are doing or just come on tuesday and go to one of the other workshops but that's another slightly new thing that we're doing
0: Does your team need to master AngularJS? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com. Cool. Well, I know we have people with time constraints, so I'm going to push us to picks. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and start with John Papa. What are your picks, John?
4: Well, I only have one pick today besides the fact that uh, the ng Conf team is awesome, and I want to say thank you for selecting my talk. Uh, but this is right after the new year, and every year around Christmas time, I put out a train set for my family. Uh, but the one thing I want to pick is that I really enjoy working with the Lionel train sets. I'm not a train aficionado by any means or uberly into this, but what I did a couple of years ago is I actually built my own train table with tracks and grass and landscapes and all that. And it was super easy to do from like Home Depot uh, by putting most materials together and just going online and buying like, you know, the the spray glue to put down landscape. And it was a lot of fun. I put it together, took me about uh, 10 to 12 hours of work to get it all together, maybe about $200 total to put the landscape together. And uh, then you buy a train set. And it was a lot of fun and my kids enjoy it every year at Christmas time. So definitely look for, uh, it's a great Release for me, and my kids enjoy it, and hopefully, you guys who like trains out there can check it out.
0: Very cool, um, Alyssa. What are your picks?
5: I just have one pick today, and it is related to NG Comp. It's NG Cruz. Um, been talking with some friends in the community about how to drum up excitement about it. But if you are listening to the podcast and on the fence, I implore you to come. I think it's going to be an amazing, incredible, and new kind of conference. So yeah, NG Cruz.
0: All right. Ward, what are your picks? Well, i I
6: perpetually interested in whether, you know, my little, the things that I, I rail against or I'm uncertain about, you know, like reactive programming or stuff like that, actually reveal that I'm a, Stick in the mud and don't, don't, you know, I just can't see what's coming. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. But uh, so uh, I'm, I'm looking for examples of that in history where we just can't see anything because we're so convinced that, so, that it has to be something else. And there was an article in the New York Times uh, Neanderthals were people too, uh, which goes into why it was that everybody was so certain that Neanderthals had to be these you know, sort of hunched over stupid creatures when, in fact, they might have been just like us and got wiped out for some other reason. Um, so I'm putting that in as our show notes as a diversion <clears throat> and a thoughtful piece about, you know, how it is that we cling to the things that we cling to.
3: Very cool. Uh, Joe, what are your picks? All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to make a couple of a little odd picks today. One is Bravery and Persistence. I want to pick bravery and persistence as a pick. I'm specifically thinking of some of somebody that I remember submitting last year that we didn't speak that we didn't pick.
2: Sounds like a romance <laughs> novel.
3: <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally does. <laughs> Set in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, so so I, I just remembered as we were talking through. There's one somebody that submitted last year and didn't get picked. Right, talk didn't get accepted. They submitted again this year. Right. And again, it was such tight competition. It came pretty close, but they ended up getting some selected. And in some cases, the difference between getting chosen and not getting chosen is luck, timing, whatever. Right. They were they've had good submissions in the past. The this uh, person they've had they had great submissions again this year. And maybe one of the submissions they sent in last year could have made it this year or vice versa. But they kept on it and submitted again, even though they were rejected the first time. And I keep thinking of, like, the story of the woman who wrote Harry Potter, right? She had submitted a, her novel to eight different places before she finally got accepted, right? Uh, NG Conf is a big stage. You're talking live in front of 1,400 people. You're being streamed in front of thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people watching. And hundreds of thousands of people will watch your YouTube video over the life of it. So it's a big place to be. And it could be nerve-wracking, but... It could also be a great benefit, and we desperately need people to make those submissions, and every conference really desperately needs people to submit and say, I've got something interesting. I think I've got something interesting to talk about. Hopefully you do too. And so I want to pick those two uh, attributes of human personality. And then the other, my other pick is going to be Alyssa, because she really killed it with her submissions this year at ng-conf. I'm just astounded yet again um, on what a great job she does. (laughs) putting together talks. And I heard from her as we were chatting earlier on that she was like, I felt like I was submitting these subpar submissions. Yeah, she did a great job. So,
5: <laughs> Thank you oh. so much. I'm really humbled. I The day I submitted was the final day, yay procrastinators. And I kept thinking, no, I'm going to hold off for the better idea. And I just, I don't know, I kept hearing everyone talk about how steep the competition was going to be, and I was just like, oh, you've got to really top yourself, and so I'm just really, really glad that you guys liked them, and cannot wait for this year, so thank you all for the hard work you do.
2: We're Uh, excited.
0: All right, I'm going to jump in with a couple of picks. I don't know if I picked this last week or not, but um, I just got these. They showed up on my porch uh, a couple, or it was last week. It was last week, last Thursday, Um, but I ordered two Of the sit-stand desks with the motors in them um, from Autonomous.ai. I got the the lowest-end ones. I'm planning on replacing the tabletops that go on them. But uh, they are terrific uh, desks. I saw them at CES. Really, really liked them. I assume
5: they're motorized, not manual ones. They are
0: motorized, yes.
5: Mm, Got the fancy ones. That's
0: right. Um, so the ones I got are about $300 a piece, um, and, uh, they have, like, $400 ones and $550 ones, um, the $400 ones are basically, you know, they have two actuators in them instead of one, so, you know, they can push a little bit more weight up, but, yeah, um, their highest end has, like, AI that runs on your phone, it's really cool, um, so, anyway, um so I got those and they're sitting downstairs waiting for me to finish cleaning off my desk so uh, yeah I'm, I'm super excited to put those in my office so I'm going to pick autonomous AI um, nice Jeff what are your picks
1: all right so I have two picks uh, the first one is I'm starting a new meetup in Boston for AI so artificial intelligence um, it's going to be you know I've kind of learned a lot of lessons from running other meetup groups and I'm kind of doing a couple of things somewhat interesting, one of which is for the actual meetup itself. Uh, we're not going to be at just one location where there's not so much interest in AI now that all of the bigger companies like want to host something like this. So we're going to kind of rotate around between um, Amazon, Facebook, um, Kayak, a couple other bigger uh, companies throughout the year with some really, really awesome talks. Um, but the other interesting thing and the reason why I'm kind of really uh, bringing this up is because I'm sort of viewing this not just as the meetup itself, but as a way to generate awesome content about something I'm really interested in. So we're starting a site which is really ugly right now, but you can check out at bostonai.org. And basically all the content generated from the actual local meetups are gonna be put there and it's gonna be just eventually a way of the larger community starting to collaborate on the latest and greatest in the world of AI machine learning, chatbot, all of that type of stuff and then my second pick is uh, something I am even more excited about um, that just got announced I think last week that Arrested Development is coming out with season 5 which should be awesome season 4 was okay it was, wait it was, what? Uh, Yes, not, I didn't oh know. Oh my it. gosh! Oh my goodness! Why does everybody like this show? Oh, oh, oh dude, gosh. Dave, are you joking me? You get? Yeah, I keep hearing talk about this show. Ever. I
2: tried it. I I watched like the first three, and I was like, "What? This is you, the first three episodes watched, or seasons? Episodes of season? No, one. No, no,
1: no. You got to go further than that. Watch all of the first three seasons. All, all right. right,
3: the most brilliant sitcom ever to be on TV. Absolutely. Really? Don't, oh, don't watch. Ev- don't watch season four. But
1: uh, this is going to be, they're doing it more in the vein of the first three seasons. Like, there's a lot of issues that they had with season four that they're going to avoid. So they've, they're going to start taping soon, and it's supposed to be next year that it lands. So it's going to be really, really awesome.
0: Dave, don't feel too bad. I've never watched a single episode of it, so. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dave, what are your picks?
2: Okay, so I just got, I got just one pick. Um, last year, 2016, I built five different projects using Flexbox. And on the fifth one, I noticed that I still had to constantly look up the syntax for it. So I got pretty tired of that. I was tired of being dependent on a cheat sheet. And even with the cheat sheet, you know, the layout would change and I'd still have to fiddle with the values in the browser. So I decided it was time to stop phoning that stuff in and finally learn Flexbox. So I read the spec actually a few times it's complicated i read a bunch of tutorials i did a lot of examples um, but it still just wasn't sticking for me so i came up with kind of a fun mental model to help it stick and it's a little silly but it's uh basically i'm pretending that i'm firing a crossbow at waves of zombies using the flexbox syntax (laughs) so i know it sounds funny but i i shared with a couple friends and they're like dude actually worked i don't need that's to look a up talk Xbox man anymore. that's another that's another get a winning talk there you go <laughs> so uh they're like yeah you got to share that on the, with the internet so many people would benefit from this i was like all right so i put it online in a format that i don't i'm just calling it a story course because it's not like a it's not a regular course it's got this like story to it and it's a ridiculous story you know you're trying to survive from the, the different waves of zombies so Every couple of days, you get a new part of the story, and each part has, like, it teaches a different concept of Flexbox, and then gives you 20 to 30 exercises to help you master that concept. So uh, I'm calling this thing Flexbox Zombies, and it's it's on my site. You can sign up for it at G-E-D-D-S-K-I.com. It's completely free. Um, but since we're talking about NG Comp today, I figured, you know, this would be a good time for me to just throw out a free ticket to anybody i'm going to put in a everybody that signs up from now till uh january 7th i'll put into a drawing for a free ticket to NGConf on me
0: from now until when
2: january i'm sorry february 7th to january 7th that'd be fun <laughs> so february 7th is when I'll, I'll do the drawing and i'll announce it
0: uh, on might, twitter that
3: might be a close thing when we yeah we might those. not when we publish, you might want to give. Can you go go a little longer?
2: Yeah, I just want people to have enough time to make plans. When is this coming out? Uh, three weeks from today, whenever that is. Oh, three
3: that weeks. Will be this actually comes out on the seventh February? Okay, 7th. so let's do the next
2: week then. Yeah, let's the fourteenth
3: February fourteenth
2: yeah. oh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. So there Ooh. we go. <laughs> yeah, my wife's gonna be like, "What are you doing on your computer? I got a free ticket. I gotta give it out." <laughs> awesome so that'll on, yeah that'll be on the 14th um, yes go sign up at getski.com and master flexbox with me
0: so there you go what you do is you uh, go master flexbox and then you get, get the free ticket and you plan a ski getaway where you're not there for most of the week with your sweetheart on Valentine's Day <laughs> that sounded terrible anyway yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, thank you all for, for coming in and, and thanks to the organizers for pulling together ng-conf. It's been so fun going the last couple of years. And I have to say, after hearing all of the awesome talks that are going to be there, I'm super sad. I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it sounds so cool. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up and catch everyone next week. Peace.
2: All right. Bye. Thanks.